Welcome back to 64, a chess podcast. I am your host, David, coming at you live from, you already know, Copenhagen, Denmark. Uh, my guest today is FIDE Master Anamaya Kazarian, who is a streamer, active tournament player, uh, and uh, overall wholesome presence on Twitch. She has 23,000 followers on Twitch as of writing this, making her one of the biggest chess streamers on the platform. Recently played at the World Rapid and Blitz. Anamaya, welcome to the show. Very happy to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really excited to be part of the podcast. And this is uh, your first podcast interview ever. True. Yeah, correct. <laughs> uh, how are you feeling about it? Pretty nervous, um, but I think it's going to be fine. I, I mean, I don't know what to expect, but um, I'm thinking we're going to have a lot of fun. Yep. Well, I hope we have a lot of fun, too. And uh, just before I begin, I just want to thank my sponsor, Aim Chess, for sponsoring the podcast, as always. If you're new to the show, you can use code DAVID30 to get 30% off your first month with AIMCHESS. The link will be in the podcast description. I also have a Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, like what you hear, patreon.com slash 64podcast. So with that being said, I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, first thing I wanted to talk to you about was uh, the World Rapid and Blitz. Yeah. And uh, so this was in Poland. You were there. This was last month. Um, mm -hmm. I guess, first of all, let's just uh, kind of talk about like overall, like how did you fair in the tournament how did you feel about your your results and I guess we go from there yeah so it was first of all an honor to be able to participate because uh you needed to have at least I believe 2250 rating to be able to participate in the women's section um it's been a while since I actually reached that rating so I wasn't eligible to participate uh but I emailed the organizers and I was like well can I like have a wild card to be able to participate and they were happy to have me so um it all started from there then um uh, basically what happened was i uh, asked alliance like um if they could help me with going to the tournament and they were happy to um sponsor everything so that was really awesome and yeah the tournament itself was really really amazing i mean you're literally in the middle of all the best players uh, in the world and I mean, the experience was really, really amazing. Basically, I feel like the result, I mean, um, Rapid and Blitz, it went okay, but I feel like I could have done much better in Blitz. I was slightly disappointed. Like my first game in Blitz, I remember that was a great start. I beat uh, WGM Alexandra Matsovskaya from Russia. And after that, it went actually downhill. <laughs> so that was a little bit disappointing. But I feel like the experience was great overall playing against the top players uh, in the world. Um, being there was already amazing. So I look back at it as like an ex amazing experience. Now, in, in terms, obviously this was happening, you know, right as like Europe and COVID was kind of skyrocketing and um, something I kind of wanted to ask. I mean, you're the first person I've had on my podcast, to my knowledge, that, that played in the World Rapid and Blitz. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, obviously, like, as I think the whole chess world knows. And as I talked about on the podcast, uh, Hikaru Nakamura tested positive for COVID. Um, I guess you were on the ground there. What was kind of the reaction like from the players? Because I don't know how mixed the two sections were, like the open and, and women's sections. But was there like, um, I don't know, I, I guess was there panic? Was there kind of like, uh, oh no, like there might be an outbreak? Well, I guess what was the sentiment among the players? Well, I mean, basically it was bound to happen. Like the rules weren't so strict. First of all, the tournament was going to be held in Kazakhstan. But um, then it was moved to Poland and like 
first it was uh, needed to have a PCR test, regardless whether you're double vaccinated or not. Um, so then they moved it to Poland and the rules there were less strict. It was a little bit confusing for me because on the side it said, still said like you need to have the PCR test. So I just went and did it. And after all, I didn't need to do it, but okay, I guess it's nice that I, I was sure of my negative result. Um, but yeah, it did mean that some of the players um, didn't have to test whatsoever. So uh, I guess it was bound to happen. I mean, there were so many players playing. We were all in the same playing hall. It was a really big playing hall, that for sure. But we're all in the same playing hall for hours. Um, it, it's even like worse than an OTP game. I feel like a classical one, I mean, because uh, you're here sitting there for hours, literally. Like in a classical game, you finish your game in three, four hours and you can go. But in this tournament, it was like you have, I don't remember how many rounds, but like, for example, um, like 10 rounds of Blitz or something, and you're sitting there for at least six hours. <laughs> so that was basically the situation there. As soon as people realized there were people tested positive as they had to leave uh, back home, you know, and they had to get the PCR test and they tested positive, there was quite some panic uh, going on. We arrived there in a playing hall and uh, it was a bit unclear where we could even start the games. Um, people are like all talking to each other, like what's going on? Who tests the positive, like rumors, you know, all sorts of things. And I don't remember exactly, but I think there was like a 30 minute or one hour delay even to start the first round of the day, of the last day. So yeah, it was really chaotic. Um, we were asked to like, it was really recommended to wear masks because uh, like, I wouldn't say a lot of players, but some players were like either not wearing a mask whatsoever, um, like outside of the games or like, you know, just wearing it on your chin. <laughs> so, yeah, there were a few players um, not really like sticking to that, but they really like like it was almost like they were begging us to please wear the mask and everything. Um, it wasn't necessary during the game because that could be like, I mean, we're playing Blitz and it could be a bit disturbing, but um, I mean, obviously if it's enforced, then you stick to that, but it wasn't enforced as much, you know? But okay, um, yeah, there was a bit panic going on. Um, I think after all, it went fine, but yeah, it, it was just a huge shock that it still happened and there was still a positive case. And uh, yeah, obviously people, I mean, it's, on one hand, you can expect it, but I don't think they were ready for it, the organizers at least. I guess another thing I'm curious about, um, again, because I I've, I just have like so many questions about the, like this kind of thing. <laughs> what was the, so you've, everybody finishes their games, you know, last round of a day ends. Were you just going back to the hotel room and just like, you know, doing prep for the next day? Or was there any kind of like, like schmoozing involved after? Because I know like with, uh, I think it was with, with, uh, with Grand Swiss um that it was what was in, it was in riga latvia i think that there was kind of this like one big hotel people were playing like little uh like little blitz games in the hotel room and like getting some beers afterwards like there's this funny picture <laughs> of like i think it's uh gm howell and gm uh nixon's uh were like they had this like 200 move game and then they're like analyzing it and drinking beer afterwards so i, I don't know i was it the same way in uh in poland or, or do you just have to like go back to the hotel room and just like you know prep for the next day or sleep or whatever I'm not really aware of the situation because I, I really wanted to do well, you know? So I really wanted to stay focused, um, have uh, less distractions, you know, um, as much as I can avoid that, you know? Um, I did hear they were like hanging out in a bar 
pretty often over there uh, in the hotel. But basically, I always went back to the hotel and uh, back to my room and just relaxed because it was quite intense, like um, an intense schedule, I feel like. Uh, you were literally for like hours there and you couldn't leave whatsoever. Um, you also didn't really have food. Like it was already a big struggle to actually uh, get food because I remember the first two days, everything was close. <laughs> and since I didn't get uh, food, um, like in the hotel, like you had to pay more for that. And well, I thought might as well just get some food somewhere else in like a restaurant or something. But the majority of the shops and restaurants were closed as it was Christmas. And they celebrate Christmas like properly there, you know? So um, yeah, it was a bit hard to find food. Um, and yeah, basically like once you find food, like you have to realize you're back like 8, 9 p.m. And as I was playing women's section, we had less rounds. So like I was on the lucky side because uh, the open section was going on for much longer. <laughs> uh, so I'll be back like around 8, 9 p.m. And then I still had to find dinner because I didn't have anything whatsoever for the like rest of the day pretty much. Uh, and then as you go, come back, like probably like 10 p.m., you're like, OK, I'm tired. I just want to relax. And um, yeah, I tried to prepare a little bit, but there's only so much you can prepare. And you would only be preparing against one uh, opponent of like um, you probably have like eight, nine, ten rounds the next day. So, um, yeah, if you really like f prepare and focus too much on that one game, it might not be worth it. So I just try to practice puzzles and uh, yeah, mostly just uh, take some rest. What was your like going into the tournament? What was your, like what was your general preparation? Were you working on openings? Were you working more on like I, I know you said you're doing, doing puzzles, but were you were you like more just thinking I'm just going to go and play, or, or or were you like actually trying to like you know cook some stuff up at home and try to use that like in your games? Yeah, I really thought like, okay, let's see what happens. I mean, obviously practicing online uh, blitz games is really nice because it keeps up the speed. And I think that was most important in those games. Um, I didn't really do much work on opening because I, I was a bit scared to try new things. It's like quite a big tournament. And um, if you don't know what you're doing, I think after the opening, you'll struggle a lot. <laughs> So I just uh, used like my own openings. Um, maybe I tried some new things here and there, but barely. And um, yeah, I tried to just uh, make the best out of it and uh, see how far I could get uh, with my own stuff. And yeah, practicing puzzles was really like uh, important to me because I think in the end, like many of the games uh, decide like in those tactical situations. Now you've also you've been playing uh, like quite a few tournaments. I know you played the you won actually. Congratulations, the Dutch Women Online Chess Championship, right? Thank you. Right. So, um, how many over over the board tournaments have you played since the onset of the pandemic? Because of course, you know there was kind of a year where nothing happened, black mm -hmm. hole, abyss, whatever. Which I'm sure you know was pretty big for your Twitch channel. But then, um, yeah, I'm kind of wondering like how many how many tournaments have you played like since things have started to open up. So besides the World Rapid and Blitz, I played in European Women Chess Championship, which was, I believe, in August uh, 2021. Uh, that was my first OTB tournament in, like, years. Um, so yeah, it was pretty scary, honestly, because, like, you don't know what to expect. You haven't played OTB in a while. And uh, all I've been doing was playing Blitz in online chess. <laughs> I didn't really know what to expect, but I was really surprised to see that I was doing really well. The first half of the tournament went really great. Like, I was in the run of um, some norms. 
uh, a WGM norm at least, but then the second half happened and um, I almost lost all my games, so that didn't really go well. But in the end, like knowing that I'm able to uh, have a great game against WGM's International Masters, uh, and grandmasters even it really gave me like a confidence boost because it means like i can do it i can still do it and um just need a little bit more practice right that's, that's my my favorite like thing i always tell myself is like if you can do it once you can do it again and again right so it's all you all you really need and i mean i guess on that note um uh, obviously i mean you're you're basically you stream like i guess like basically full time right I, uh, I mean i you're still a student too right in in college and whatnot so I mean, I, I'm sure you still have to study and stuff, but uh, yeah, you have obviously a, a very productive streaming career, but um, I assume you still have aspirations to go for like the more titles and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like right now I'm studying um, in university. I do artificial intelligence. Um, I'm hoping to finish my bachelor this year so I can like focus more on uh, chess and uh, streaming but um yeah i i really do want to become stronger in chess i used to be 2300 rated and i really want to get that rating back first of all and then um yeah i want to get a better title so wgm would be the next step and yeah we'll see what happens after that i mean yeah this is basically my goal for uh, for now do you have a do you have a coach that you work with? Because I was reading your Wikipedia article because you know you're famous and all, but um, I was reading <laughs> that you never really had a formal um, like a formal chess coach until like you were in your your teens. Yeah, so I most of the times I was studying with my mother. Uh, she would like be reading books for me, or um, like we would solve puzzles, and like she would have like the solutions, and I have to like um, guess the solution basically. So that's what we were doing for like years um in the meantime i also had like some coaches here and there um but yeah nothing really like um not like yeah um like properly for a long time i believe uh i had some coaches but um yeah as i was like busy with school it didn't really feel like it was worth it to stick to a coach because it takes so much time first of all like okay, you get coached, but it's not enough to actually improve. Like, um, coaches help you a lot, but you really need to do stuff yourself as well. And that's what I struggled to do with because um, it was already, like, a big struggle for me to attend lessons. Uh, and on top of that, also studying chess while I'm, like, busy with school. Like, school takes a lot of time from you. So that was really hard um, as I was graduating um, uh, secondary school and then going to uni. Uh, so that's basically like I, I started streaming and now I'm still like kind of too busy for that. But I really hope to get something going as soon as I finish uh, university at least. So you started streaming uh, in the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the start of 2020. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So you're basically approaching, you maybe even recently had your two year anniversary of being a streamer. Yeah, it's in less than a month, actually. <laughs> so it was so February 2020, right? Correct. Yeah, February. And then something happened in the world a month later. Um, yeah. But before we talk about that, why did you even start streaming? Yeah, it's actually funny. So as I was struggling to like study chess, play chess, uh, I was losing a lot of rating points uh, in OTB. So I started to feel like uh, less motivated to play chess. Um, because yeah, if it doesn't go well for such a long time, then it's like, why am I still doing this? So then I started like, it was summer 
2019 and I was just looking around on chess.com and you know seeing how things are I never really touched online chess I mean I've done some online chess before but not actively as I was always told like okay if you play a lot of online chess it might hurt your classical play um so I was uh, always like not advised to uh, play online chess um but okay I uh, at some point I just uh, I was looking around and I saw this tab on chess.com called streamers and I was like streamers um okay and i went to have a look and i saw that alexandra botis was streaming and i was like okay let's have a look uh what that's about and i saw her stream and i was like wow this is like i was super amazed to see chess being streamed on a platform like twitch uh before this i knew twitch is like a platform where you stream games like csgo fortnite all of those uh sure games you know so i was never really into that um but me seeing that chess is a thing on Twitch, I was really amazed. And I was like, this is what, what I want to do, actually. This is also what I want. Because, well, I mean, obviously, Alexandra was doing an amazing job. Um, and I felt like, you know, the social aspect of streaming would really, like, help me to get for, go on with chess, you know, like, have more fun with it. Um, so, yeah, that's basically how the idea started to stream chess. Um, but, okay, it took me, like, after that, like, so many like so much time to actually, you know, start my stream. Um, I think like people don't realize how hard it is to like set up your stream, like deal with streaming software, all the items you need to start your stream. So it literally took me months to get started. Like every single time I would buy something, there would be another problem in my laptop or like um, my internet, anything really. So yeah, eventually, like it was February 2020, and I was like, "Let's get started now." <laughs> and yeah, that's that's how basically how it started. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. By the way, about I mean, I, I I've had a couple of streamers on my on my podcast, and um, I was trying to get kind of into streaming myself. Um, by the way, you can check me out Twitch.tv/sonofchess. Um, link is also <laughs> in the description. Um, but I have like a MacBook Pro, and you'd think like a MacBook Pro is a pretty good computer. But for streaming, it just does not get the job done. Like to stream chess, I cannot stream chess without it being super laggy, which is, I was oh, kind of wow. surprised. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if I really want to like seriously stream, I need to like, like, I really need to like improve the setup, like get a real computer, like strong processor and everything. So it's, it's, it, you, and you'd think like it's just chess, like just screen record your, your webcam and your screen. How hard can that be? And it turns out it's like extremely computationally like expensive. And so, um, yeah, for sure. It's really difficult. Um, but then uh, like, like, you know, so we're filling in the, in the gaps of the Anamaya story, right? So then of course COVID happens. <laughs> how many, how many followers did you have by then? Like, were you just, had you really just started? Cause of course now you're signed with the org and everything, but you know, back in March, 2020, what was the Anamaya channel like? Well, honestly, so I remember I started with a follower goal of like 100 in the followers in month. And I remember like one of the first people that like, uh, helped me with my stream and like joined my stream and everything. Uh, one of my mods was like, 100? Are you, like, okay, <laughs> you know? Uh, I remember we had, like, some discussion, like, what should we do as the first follower goal? I was like, eh, I think 100 followers is fine. And I think we smashed that goal, like, within a week or something. Um, so, yeah, I really literally started with, like, zero followers. Um, obviously, a few people around me knew about my stream. Like, I was going to get started. Uh, I shared it on my socials, which were by, the, by back then, like, uh, 
pretty small, I would say. Uh, but yeah, my closest friends knew about it. Um, they visited my stream. Um, but yeah, funnily enough, my first stream, like as I was setting up this stream for months, I was muted for the first 15 minutes and I had no idea why. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the first few streams, they didn't, I mean, they went okay, but like, I was super nervous, extremely nervous. I didn't know what I was doing, um, but I was just playing chess, doing my thing, you know, and trying to communicate uh, with chat. Um, so yeah, in March, 2020, I don't remember exactly, but I think that's when I like had like 1000 followers, maybe 2000, I don't know, but it went pretty quickly, like uh, up, uh, upward. And um, yeah, it, I, it went like, it was going better and better, I believe. <laughs> so then, so then, um... Like I said before, you're signed with an org alliance. I guess yeah. um, I have a, a bunch of questions about that because uh, <laughs> I've had uh, uh, James Canty was my first uh, guest ever, and he's oh. also signed to an org. Um, but now, I mean, having someone else, and of course, like you know, Hikaru signed to TSM, Andrew Tang on the Cloud Nine. So they're you know they're orgs that are, they're kind of they've kind of made their way into chess. Although yeah. somebody, I don't, I don't think anybody's been signed to an org in like over a year in chess, right? So, but I, still, you know, obviously there's this big chess boom over the pandemic. Kind of, first of all, how did that process begin? Like, how are you contacted and like, like what were kind of the, the terms and everything? Yeah, so basically uh, I was reached out by the CEO of uh, Alliance um, uh uh, Loda called Loda, and uh, yeah, he he said he was interested in uh, talking to me, have a chat, and I was like, well, sure. Uh, so we had a chat, and basically, Alliance is a very competitive uh, org. Uh, they really want to like compete and do well. And I was like, well, that's perfectly with me because like, obviously, everyone like everyone that's streaming wants to become famous, everything. But it was never really like my priority or something. Like I wanted to stream. Uh, simply for the fact to find back my motivation in chess and do well. And I feel like um, like over the past almost two years, uh, that's what I've been doing really well. Like uh, I've played so much chess. Like I think I've played more chess in the past two years than like ever before <laughs> because I've played so many games now in, uh, in online chess. Um, but yeah, basically we had a chat and he was really happy that I'm like quite a competitive player and they really uh were really happy to like have me on their team um it wasn't really clear yet like whether I would be like a content creator or like a chess player but we kind of like took both sides like I'm a content creator for them so like um I would be creating like chess content uh, for their socials and everything uh but I'm also like competing for, uh for them representing them on my tournaments and everything so um yeah yeah, basically that's how um, they approached me and it took quite some time still till things were like finalized. Uh, but eventually in October 2021, they signed me officially. And um, yeah, yeah, they they um, really, really happy to support me on the World Rapid and Blitz. Um, and hopefully there are many more tournaments to come. Yeah, and Alliance is a pretty big org too. I mean, I know that they field teams... I think in Dota, back when I used to watch Dota many years ago, Hearthstone. Yeah. Um, what else? Super yeah, Smash, really big Fortnite. In Dota. Yeah. Right. So have you thought of maybe switching fields to become a you know Dota player, or Hearthstone player? <laughs> well, I tried Dota on my uh, first stream, um, representing Alliance, and I don't know what I was looking at. Like it's it's harder 
to do it yourself, then like when you're looking at the game, like seeing the pros do it, you're like, oh, okay, I, I get it. But then you're like, wait, I, you open this game and you don't know what you're looking at. You're right. just tapping the stuff and like you die instantly. I'm like, wait, how did the pro survive for so long? So yeah, I had no idea what I was looking at, but they also have a Valorant team and um, I stream like, I mean, I love playing Valorant. I stream it quite a bit. Um, I still prioritize chess, obviously, but on the side, I also play Valorant sometimes. And I'm really like uh, cheering big time for the Alliance uh, teams in Valorant because, um, yeah, it's really close to me. I understand the game fully. And um, yeah, I also played with um, uh, one of their pro players. So that was really a lot of fun. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I haven't been able to even play Valorant uh, since it came out because I have a Mac. So I've never, I've never oh. even been able to try it. But it looks fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it is really lots of fun. Yeah, it's like actually one of the reasons why I started liking FPS games because I was always used to like uh, CSGO and everything, uh, seeing that, and I didn't really like how it looked and stuff. <laughs> right. And but yeah, I mean, Valorant is so much more like colorful and, and, mm -hmm. and fun. Yeah. Um, I guess another thing I wanted to ask, you know, so, so since you got signed by the org, I mean, first of all, like, I guess, did your streaming career change much after that in terms of what you're expected to do on your stream or 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 did you have kind of like more responsibilities in terms of you know uh representing the organization and, and kind of you know delivering on like i guess like in terms of contract did, did they just say just be you and 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 just go have fun or, or there's kind of like more of expectation and more of a professionalism to it because at this time you probably didn't have like as nearly as many followers as you do now right or nearly as many subs or any of that so yeah yeah, so basically, um, they don't really have like many requirements. They just want to be me and like play chess. <laughs> like, uh, I I think like if I stream more Valorant than chess, I'll get a problem. But I'm also not like like wanting to do that. So I think that's fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, as long as I like I keep doing my chess. Um, and obviously, like I I shouldn't be talking bad about them, which uh, I don't see my do my uh, do me myself ever <laughs> um but yeah i guess like what comes um with like signing with an org i think is also that you need to look um closely at like what you're like doing uh sponsorships with because obviously we have um razor as uh, one of our biggest sponsors we have feedback we have um monster energy and like you have to be a bit more careful with like the sponsorship uh, the deals because uh, it cannot like uh, conflict with uh, those brands um, or like be a direct competitor, you know? Uh, but it's perfectly fine by me. I mean, I love the brands. Razor, I mean, I'm wearing the Razor headset right now, which they gifted to me. And I love all their products before I even signed with them. Like, uh, long story short, basically, like I spilled some tea on my, uh, some lemonade, I believe, on my um, keyboard. So I had to replace that uh, as well as my mouse. And I ordered all of the um, uh, Razer stuff, basically, Razer keyboard and stuff. Uh, so I was already a big fan of Razer. So to be partnered with them now is really amazing. But yeah, that's basically what it uh, what comes with it, you know, just, uh, yeah, you can't really uh, sign uh, deals anymore that are conflicting those brands. Uh, other than that, yeah, um, yeah. Not really like big requirements or anything um and i mean there's amazing people so <laughs> i'm pretty sure that there will be no like big conflicts like ever <laughs> does it does it kind of surprise you as somebody you know who's not at like the absolute like top flight of chess that how much like um 
I guess, uh, you know, marketing and corporatism there is involved in chess now, like even even, you know, at the level of you or like or, or Botez, you know, where it's kind of, you know, obviously very, very, very strong players. But, you know, not not, uh, you know, not playing in like the Fide Grand Swiss or something, I, I yeah. guess is what I'm saying. Like, does that kind of surprise you that um, that uh, there, there's become this much bigger like influx of, of money and, and attention to chess? Yeah, it's a bit of difficult uh, situation because like I always felt like it's so hard to compare compare chess with something like Valorant because like you have the top Valorant players that are playing in a team, uh, playing against another team that are also all radiant players. Uh, but with chess, it's a bit more difficult. Like I mean, we have the top players, and uh, basically like the only top player that is uh, streaming is Hikaru. So uh, I feel like the um, um, uh, the people that are like streaming. Um, I, I mean, the people that are so strong, they're not streaming. So it's already a bit difficult to, you know, pick one of them. Um, and most likely they also have other sponsors. So like, there's not a need for them to be streaming or something. Um, so I feel like the amount of people that you can like even choose of is not even so big. Um, but yeah, I think like the fact that, um, like it's really nice. You don't have to be like, top player anything I, I mean i think what the thing is with chess is that if you're like titled already you're already considered like to an audience that is like new to chess or anything you're already considered like a good player um uh, people really look up to you um yeah it, it is a bit surprising indeed that um like people like me they get um can get signed to an org or anything like that when you look at like games like valorant you know that they have uh, signed like the absolute top players but as i said like it's really for the fact that um that top players are not really streaming so but i think i really hope that in the future we'll see this happen more that like streaming really becomes a thing in chess i mean it's already right now but imagine like top players streaming chess uh, uh for like quite some time um and i really hope that online chess becomes like a bigger thing because i feel like right now like we have like a lot of tournaments but i feel like we could like organize many more online chess tournaments and uh, really like make it even bigger i also think you know with with orgs i really feel like um i mean obviously i don't know how fide and chess 24 and and all these other, and chess.com would feel but i think it would really i mean this is kind of just a dream of mine but i think it would be really cool if you had orgs pick up three or four players at each, like even if it wasn't like uh, like the absolute top flight players at first, just to pick up some very strong, you know, hungry young kids to just to play these kind of like, I guess, like with League of Legends, like the LCS kind of thing where you have these like team online team championships. And um, I think that would be really cool because something that I think that the, the esports organizations do so much better than like a FIDE or a World Chess or any of these other things that they're just really good at getting money and attention to the game correct yeah yeah i agree yeah it's a completely different thing and um obviously like it, online chess wasn't really such a big thing um before the pandemic like it was there a little bit but not like you know um really like known to the public or anything uh so much uh ever since the pandemic ever since queen's gambit it has become like a real big thing uh to be to make chess like an esports uh, uh, thing, and I think like uh, those organizations like FIDE and uh, World Chess, everything they're also new to this, and um, I think that's what makes it a bit harder for them to like make something uh, like make the best out of this. Um, but yeah, we'll see what the future holds. I'm I really hope that we can really make it an esports and um, 
yeah, make this, I wouldn't say the standard, but, you know, to get closer. Because obviously, like, um, you would want to keep and have classical as the standard. Like, uh, there's nothing that can, um, uh, like, change that, basically. Yeah, I mean, classical chess is just, uh, I'm playing in, like, a weekly classical tournament. I actually played my first two classical games ever. I played some OTB Rapid in my, like, local chess club in New York. But I played, like, my first two classical games ever. And it's really, um, it is really shocking, you know, it's one thing to watch classical and just kind of have like some commentators tell you what the plans are. It's another thing to have to just sit there against a strong opponent and like find these deep plans. I mean, it, but it's so beautiful too, like to actually be in the tank there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. It's it like the switch from online chess to back to OTB again was so difficult to deal with uh well mentally but like once you're you're sitting there it's like you're back you're uh like for me it was back in my comfort zone and uh yeah just time flies by honestly like it, watching classical is not so exciting as playing it yourself i feel like no absolutely <laughs> it's really it's really i mean it's really uh I mean, I don't, I don't think my heart has ever raced so much for anything, including like playing basketball in high school, because, you know, suddenly you're under attack and you're like freaking out and you have to sit for 30 minutes and find out how do I save this. And, but, you know, I, I'm not such a strong chess player myself, but I'm, I was like correctly calculating things like 10, 11 moves deep. Like, you know, that's, that's just like insane. In Blitz, you just kind of say, oh, I'm lost, hit resign and move to the next game. Yeah, it can be really overwhelming. Yeah. Right. Like I had my, my very first classical game, I basically was like a queen versus queen and pawn end game. And it's, you know, a draw, but that's so hard. And, you know, if this was like a blitz game or something, whatever, you just try to flag and, and hold yes. some blockade. But he had 30 minutes. I had like 25 minutes on the clock with the last <laughs> people in the playing hall. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, you have to find the best moves. You, you're just suffering yes. and suffering and suffering. So I, it just it's completely different. So um, mm -hmm. I agree. Like, I don't think classical should like disappear. But yeah. I don't know. I would like to see more. I want to see new faces in chess too. I think like if orgs just kind of took a chance, an open call for some, you know, some some people to just, you know, say, hey, you want to just, uh, if I don't know, if like TSM for example just hosted like some tournament, some like online arena or something, just just yeah. you know, I I think that that would just be, um, I would it would be a good start because it seems to me like in the last year I haven't seen too much noise with like orgs picking up new people. Like obviously yeah. both has with Envy, you're with Alliance, Canty. Is signed also. I forget where he's signed to. I think Anna Kramling is with Panda. Yeah. Um, of course, he carved TSM. But we haven't, to my knowledge, I haven't seen. I think Canty's with Noble Esports, actually. Yes, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. But I haven't seen uh, too many more moves since then. Um, and I think it would be cool to see. Because, like I said, I just think that the orgs, they really understand like online gaming more than a FIDE. Although it does seem to me like FIDE. Their stance on online chess has kind of changed dramatically over the last two years. You yeah, know? I think so too. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know where things are heading. Um, we do see like a bunch of grandmasters these days streaming. Um, but I guess like they're not like um, they don't have this like a spotlight. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not really visible as much. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what the future holds. Um. I think like what with the current state is like I think there is a lot of um how do you say that like um I like there's a lot of hope in like uh that it will improve, you know? Right. 
But I mean, even like a guy like Magnus or Nepo, I know that they they stream sometimes. Well, Nepo hasn't streamed in a while, but I remember last year he used to stream like kind of a lot. But it would be like you know two three hour bursts, not really. And then you know maybe stop for a week or Anish too. Anish has he streams sometimes, makes videos sometimes, but it's not like their career. Like I think yeah. like Hikaru, that is his career. Like you know you watch him commentate this uh you know this feed this um you can see him and Benjamin Bach uh you know fe your your fellow countrymen uh you mm -hmm. know they're they're commentating Tata Steel for like six hours and then. Hikaru streams for four more hours, and then Benjamin Bach streams into the night. And I mean, these guys are literally streaming ten hours a day. It's it's crazy, like chess for ten hours a day. So yeah, yeah, on it, that's really really amazing because me myself, if I played, I guess like commentating is still different, but uh, I know for myself, if I play more than four hours of chess on stream, like my mind is burning because you play so many games in the four hours, um, and you spend so much time like thinking about your moves, like many many moves. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely more difficult to stream chess than I feel like almost any other game like you have at least some breaks in between or something i guess you can also have breaks in between with chess but uh because you're spending so much time on all of those uh, possibilities and moves and stuff um you really like get get really tired easily i also think because with chess it's just you like if you're playing yeah. league of legends or valorant or something uh, you just blame somebody, you know, if you're having a bad day or whatever, and, and that's you're fine. I used to play like a lot of Rocket League before I played chess, and I got to like champion or something. I, I got pretty high, but uh, you know, if I had a bad day playing Rocket League, I just, you know, just turn off my my computer and say, "Oh my god, my team is so bad." With chess, you if you lose like ten blitz games in a row, this is just you being bad. Like you can't blame anybody, so you can't blame yeah. anything. It's just literally just you. So I think mentally, it's so much more crushing, and especially when you have so many people watching you, you're having a bad run in it. I mean. You know, yeah, for sure. Pressure. Yeah, yeah. When you're playing a tournament, it's it's especially really hard to deal with, uh, like so many losses in a row. Um, it's really hard to deal with that. Yeah. So you have, of course, you have a large community too, and, and you know, going from, you know, like zero to twenty three thousand followers on Twitch, and you know, of course, you have a bunch of subs. I'm sure too, like on on Twitch. Um, like, what kind of support do you get from your community, and also like, how has your relationship with the community changed? Because I know, like, when you're starting with Twitch, right, you're talking to everybody, you're trying to, you know, just get get the attention of people. But now, <laughs> I, I mean, I've been in your chat a couple of times in the past few months, and you know, you got a bunch <laughs> of people talking. So obviously, you can't talk to all of them while you're blitzing out moves against title players. So I guess, um, yeah. like, I guess, like, first of all, like, how how have you seen that kind of relationship with chat change, <laughs> right? Yeah, but then so also, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, for, uh, like, it's crazy, like, I keep thinking every single day, like, it hasn't been two years, almost, <laughs> but basically, like, I'm really close to my community, I'm also really active on my Discord, like, um, okay, I don't reply to every single message, obviously, but I'm quite active there, uh, I really enjoy talking to uh, people from my community, uh, we also have, like, some community um, uh, watch parties, everything uh, going on. Not very frequently, but we had a few of those, and they were really, really awesome. Um, and, yeah, I feel like, like, the relationship with the community, we're getting, like, we're, we're so, so close with each other. Um, almost everyone knows each other. I also um, had this um, thing that people could redeem the channel points to receive a Christmas postcard from me. Um, so, yeah, like... Uh, there's a bunch of people that redeemed their coin. That's very cute, point. actually. That's very yeah. cute. <laughs> and then you see the name and you're like, okay, like, I'm not the type of person to just say, okay, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Okay. <laughs> but I'm really the type of person that sits down and is like, 
okay, this person, um, let me think about it. So this person lost this and that, like, I really love to like write something personal about them, uh, what I like about them. And um, yeah, I, I really like know a lot of people like personally. Okay, I, I mean, we don't chat like on a daily basis or like often or something, but I know like their interests. We talk so much uh, during my streams. Um, so yeah, there's like a, a bunch of people in my community that I know quite well uh, by now. Um, and yeah, people like each other. They're uh, super, super funny and outgoing, you know, um, really enjoy them having in my chat. So yeah, I really appreciate them. <laughs> of course, like as, as your channel grows, I mean, I hope you have like a million followers and all that uh, earnestly, <laughs> like you deserve it. But it, you know, it becomes harder and harder to kind of foster those relationships. So I guess, you know, I, what, I'm just wondering, like, you know, how, what, what has this like transition been like from you from somebody who, you know, went from just, you know, playing Blitz um, on Twitch kind of to just try something new in chess after, you know, suffering losses OTB to now you have like a, a big platform really as a, as a, as a, as a chess player, you know, you do commentary and, 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 uh, you, you have a lot of people watch your streams. So like, I guess like how, how mentally, like, like how do you kind of adjust over the last two years? Like while that's happening to your, your streaming career? Well, I, I see it as some very positive change because basically like before I started streaming, like I was just in my bubble at home and with my parents, everything uh, didn't really like uh, had a lot of chats with uh, other chess players simply for the fact that during tournaments, I was just super focused on everything uh, related to the games. And um, yeah, I didn't really have like, um, like, I, I mean, I had friends, but we weren't like hanging out all the time, you know? Um, so basically when I started streaming, like, you know, uh, I started to like socialize much more. And uh, I mean, when you're streaming, like all you want is just to have fun. Okay, it, it, it's, it, it sucks if you lose like a bunch of games in a row, but still you're having fun in the way, you know? At least you're talking to chat, you're having fun with chat. So um, yeah, I see that as a really positive change. So for example, like whenever I go to a tournament, like I went to the European Women Chess Championship and my community was watching my games every single day in the Discord. They were supporting me left and right. And that was honestly so amazing to like have a crowd that is watching you so closely and supporting you so much. And um, it gives a tiny bit of pressure because if you play horrendously, then you will feel bad. But I try to like not look at it that way and just try do my best and make my community proud um so yeah i really see this as a positive change and um yeah i really appreciate my community for being so supportive um i keep telling my community like stop gifting subs because i'm not a type of person that wants to take money from you know my community um but they're really really nice and like all i i'm asking for is you know just um like great vibes and they're really good at that <laughs> yeah you have a very positive stream more yeah, so than yeah. the only person who I think is comparable in terms of vibes. I mean, basically equal to Anna Kremling too. Mm -hmm. you guys are very, very like just like very wholesome and and uh, and maybe Eric Rosen too. But that guy's untouchable. Yeah. I mean, just in terms yeah, of how chill he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like I sometimes like when they're like bad beans in the chat, you know, I like I find it hard to like completely ignore them and um, not reply to them because like sometimes you see those th these things being said and I do feel the need to say something back like uh, like this is nonsense or like um, say something back to them, you know, uh, like I wouldn't say in Levy style, but I guess close to that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a balance between um, the wholesome vibes, uh, great vibes and, you know, um, talking stuff to those kind of people. <laughs>
Yeah, Le- Levy on Twitch is completely different from Levy on YouTube. <laughs> I love me some Levy, but like you know, he he's he he's like he has this completely different like you know very like um, intense kind of energy and excitement about it. And then you'll watch him on, and he'll just be calling people bozos and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's so like <laughs> I don't even know what to say, but it, it's it's it, yeah, it, it's great. Um, yeah, yeah, I I really like. Even before he blew up, I enjoyed his stream so much. Like I was just starting out and I was like, this guy is amazing. Like I really enjoyed the streams, even though I was lurking a lot. Um, he was back then already like uh, really funny and amazing. I mean, I remember when he used like back when I wasn't even on chess Twitter at the time, but I I followed some chess players and I remember seeing his tweets like about, you know, back when he had these courses that he made, like well before he was doing streaming or super serious YouTube. And he had like the occasional collab with with Hikaru. Because, I mean, I, I, I've been watching Hikaru since he started streaming, actually. Um, <laughs> oh. So basically why I started playing chess, really. So um, oh. but, but so I remember these, like, two years ago, these collabs with Levy, like, playing Komo- against Komodo. I, I, you know, it's all kind of blurred in my head. My point yeah. is that, yeah, he really had this, like, meteoric rise, um, like, out of nowhere. And, I mean, of course, like, he deserves it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty cool, though, to see, you know, like, like, how many streamers started or, or, you know, started taking streaming seriously in like 2020. And then, you know, you had these like waves of like, uh, first the pandemic and then Queens Gambit, maybe we'll hopefully we'll have some third wave somehow. Um, but just a huge waves of interest coming into the game and it was just helping everybody just become more, uh, accessible for, for more people to watch. And yeah, I guess on, for th- sure. on that note, I wanted to ask you, like, you know, obviously a bunch of people have gotten into streaming since, 2020 and have people reached out to you and i guess like what's your advice for for new streamers like when when they ask you for help honestly like knowing how difficult it is to start streaming like whenever someone asks me i'm like you do not want to know what i've been through (laughs) like i really want to help them but it's not just like okay you did this this that that's it it's not as simple as that and that's why i struggle to help them because there have been a few chess players reaching out to me asking me like how can i start streaming and i'm like uh yeah about that (laughs) and i just tell them like some of the basic things maybe like some youtube videos they can watch uh because youtube videos really help you like they they save your life when it comes to starting up your stream. Um, but I think it's like you really have to be committed to it. If you're not committed to it, if you're like between like playing chess, uh, doing whatever and streaming, it's it's really hard. Like you really need to be committed to it or like at least like have a decent start with it already. Like I know some people have like already like a nice setup, even though they have never streamed. Uh, but other than that, like it's really hard to get started. and. Um, I mean, it's obviously like I really want people to start streaming, but you really need to know what you're like getting started with because like right. you really need to invest like quite some money in it. OK, um, obviously you don't need to get like the top quality uh, camera or anything, but uh, even like the most like normal um, items are already quite expensive. I think like I, I don't know how much I spent like before I started streaming, but at least like 500 euros on any everything. <laughs> wow. And like, like my setup wasn't even that great. Like, so I had this headset that I looked literally like a pilot (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't like it. Like I look at myself, like, I don't like it. So as it was like the headset, like I I thought it was a great idea to have, um, like something that I can hear audio go through, um, with, and also like have like with the headset, you have the microphone. So I was like, okay, that's a perfect, you know, combination. So I don't need to spend money on a different mic, a separate one. 
Um, but as, as soon as I realized like, okay, I don't like this headset on my head, uh, it's not gonna happen. Uh, I would just put the headset on the, on like my desk and then use like the, the headset mic, uh, as my actual mic. Um, so that, that looks really strange, but that was basically how I like use this headset uh, for the longest time. At some point I did order a separate mic, but it, it was quite a struggle for, uh, quite some time, um. And yeah, as I was saying, like I've been doing, I've been preparing my stream for months, but even when I started, like you want to make it perfect and it was nowhere near perfect. I look back like, ew, what is that? <laughs> Do you still have your VODs from, from like when you, when you started? No, I don't have, well, I have like one or two maybe, but I don't have like my very first stream, but I think like the second or third stream, uh, I have a VOD somewhere and Interesting. sorry. Very interesting. Like, yeah, uh, like yeah. how you can just really see how you um, kind of transitioned over the last two years from yeah, scuff stream sure. to less scuff stream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still clips on my channel uh, from my first stream. And uh, yeah, people keep linking it like, you know, how things change. I Like me as a person, I also have changed throughout the years. Not just like, um, like, I mean, the way I look like uh, you see, like, for example, my camera was like uh, showing yellow lights. So like the camera like was really bad. <laughs> So you you were seeing basically like a very different person um, back then uh, compared to now. So it's really crazy how things changed. You know, when people want to get involved with streaming, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they say, okay, how do I do this, this, or that? Do you feel like, you know, getting popular on Twitch is kind of more of just like a, like kind of a random game? Uh, obviously, you can kind of incentivize it by like, you know, hitting certain benchmarks, like getting affiliate. But like, as I understand, like the whole like Twitch partner process, it's like kind of like a hellhole of 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 an application, right? If you're not like you yes. can even be super popular and not get it. So, you know, yeah. um how how was that Twitch partner process for you? Like when did you do it and like like I mean, what were you feeling when you got it? So, I remember like um okay, so I started streaming and it was going well and I see everyone around me being partner, so like when you start up uh, you really like have this goal of becoming a Twitch partner and it's like a big deal, big goal, everything. Um, and then like you finally get the 75 average viewership and you're like, okay, let's apply. I can apply finally. And the problem back then was mostly that there were so many applications because so many people were starting streaming. I mean, the pandemic was happening and like there were so many streamers uh, coming up. Uh, the application process took so long, like their reply took at least like, I think one or two months. So that was quite devastating. And then not only took it so long, I also got like denied it. So I was like, why, what did I do wrong? And you started to like doubt in yourself so, so much, but, uh, okay. The next day I was like, okay, this is what it is. We'll just move on. We'll just try again. Um, I believe on my second try, I did get accepted. Uh, and like, I was obviously I was really, really happy. I think I uh, got accepted somewhere around June, 2020. So it was quite quickly, uh, looking back at it, it happened actually quite quickly after I, uh, started streaming. Um, but yeah, it was a big deal for me. I thought like, this is so cool. I think I actually, back then I had 4,000 followers, so I wasn't even that big, uh, back then. Um, like I've, you know, I, I, I guess you can say that's still like a small, relatively small streamer. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it was really, really cool. But honestly, like, I think this is really important to tell to like other like streamers that are starting up. The Twitch partner, partner thing is not a big deal. Like there is a big difference between big streamers 
that are okay obviously twitch partnered and you like <laughs> either like either you have to be really really big to like make it super like relevant otherwise it's like it's just the t a check mark next to your name and it, it's really cool but um i feel like uh people put too much emphasis on becoming a twitch partner like it's really cool obviously but uh after it's like okay is that it was that all like i like ever since i became twitch partner it it doesn't really feel that special. I did get recently get a package from Twitch uh, as oh, a partner streamer, so that was really cool. But uh, once again, it's not like life changing, and I think people do expect it to be life changing. So there needs to be like people need to be like a bit more aware of that that it's not like super life changing. But it's it's a really cool thing, obviously. What did you get from your package? Um. So basically, there was like um. I believe. Uh. What was it? Um. This game where you have like those kind of coins, um, where like you need to have four or five stacked, you know. Oh, I don't know what it's called. Connect uh, four? Where you have like five, yeah, 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 connect <laughs> four, yeah. And then the coins are like the Twitch partner badge and everything. Uh, we got socks, we got, um, I actually, oh, I don't have it right here, no. Um, there's this Twitch logo thing that acts like a wireless uh, charger or something. I couldn't, I couldn't make it work really. Like I connected it to my PC, like through it was it has a USB cable, uh, and it was charging. But it's like I don't think the wireless part really works because as soon as I plugged it off, I put my phone on it. It didn't work anymore. Okay. Anyways, uh, that was really cool. Uh, we got a huge blanket. I actually have it right here. <laughs> Oh, whoa, that's so cool. It's a big plank blanket uh, that says Twitch uh, partner. Uh, really warm. Um, what else we got? Um, and they say Twitch doesn't care about its streamers. I mean, like, this was a big surprise. I don't know if this is their first time. I do think it's their first time. Um, there were many streamers that were disappointed because I got this email, like, somewhere in the middle of the night saying, like, you can claim your package. And I was like, oh, that is so cool. What would they ever send me? Um, so I immediately like filled out the form and everything and like a day later people were complaining like oh it's sold out why I why can I not get it anymore um it, it you know everything was uh gone so fast <laughs> barely got the chance didn't get the, didn't even get the email and everything so uh there were a lot of people complaining about it but I, I believe like they had a lot of um uh packages like boxes uh, available um, and I think that's also the hard part, like there's so many partner streamers, it makes it a bit less special these days to be a Twitch partner, like almost everyone is Twitch partner. I believe like those that aren't reaching the 75 average viewership aren't partnered, but uh, other than that, like so many streamers are partnered. So um, yeah, in a way, like Twitch doesn't care about their partners, but in a way, like, I mean, I think they're trying. and. I honestly can't blame them for having so, like, they have so many Twitch partner streamers. It's kind of hard to uh, treat all of them, like, perfectly, you know? Right. So I think that that is the core of the problem. <laughs> it's also funny because then you look at someone like Magnus, who will stream once in a blue moon and will get, like, 20,000 people. Like, more people will watch him than Hikaru. You'll just see them. And, yeah. and he doesn't have any check, no profile picture, no bio, nothing. Yeah, Maybe. he doesn't care. And like, if you don't apply for anything, you're not going to get it either. Like, you really have to apply for it. And since he doesn't care, he's not going to get it either. <laughs> he doesn't have mods, nothing. It's just like uh, yeah. know, the hellhole of uh, of a stream. But it's amazing. Yeah. Yes, he clearly has a good setup because it's like not laggy at all. So, you know, he clearly has invested in the streaming thing. Maybe that's what he'll do after he uh, quits his world champion stuff. You know, yeah. 
yeah yeah I, I think also like since the pandemic people have been investing more in like webcams i remember so i had this webcam and i wanted to get a better one because my webcam was only like showing yellow light on my face right. um so since i was uh looking for a better webcam um during the pandemic it was actually sold out by then like people were buying webcams because everything was working from home and everything they need to get a mic as well like people have been investing during the pandemic already like on those items um even if it wasn't for streaming they just needed it for zoom for um their work anything so yeah and i also you know something you said before also i think is really true like like how how difficult it is to actually start streaming i mean the, the best streamers like you know xqc it's pokimane etc um, I've noticed like a lot of the, the top streamers like who stream like everything, right? They kind of have this like minimalist setup almost. Like XUC doesn't even have this big like fancy overlay. It's, really, <laughs> it's his camera and whatever game he's playing. But he's <laughs> the biggest streamer on the platform by far. You uh -huh. know? So it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy how because I remember like back in the old days of Twitch how everybody had their fancy little overlay and it's still good to have, of course. But but it's interesting how the Twitch meta like changes and now it's like uh, you know the simple stuff is what is is like what everybody's doing like just to make it look easy because it is so hard to stream. Yeah, it, it's really hard to stand out as well. Like there's the competition is so big. I remember like when uh, the Twitch data got leaked of all the streamers um it kind of like was an eye-opener i think for people as well like okay you're even like the top i don't know how many like 1000 people uh you have here um some of them are not even like making a living out of this how are you gonna expect to get a living make a living out of this and uh what helps for me is that i'm not focusing on making a living out of this obviously like uh it will be amazing um because i would love to like move out and everything but um it's not my main priority to earn a lot of money or something uh but i know that like a lot of people really treat this as their job and they really want to like make a living out of this um and i guess this is like the twitch data league really showed people like okay there is not actually a lot of streamers making living out this is only like the top i don't know how many but like uh i think the the one that was like uh around 1000 you know they they don't make a like a living out of this um so yeah it's really competitive and i i often try to think of ways to really stand out but honestly, if it will change so much, like I have a really nice overlay now. I commissioned one from an amazing artist, but it doesn't feel like it's like a life changing thing. You know, you, you're still the streamer. You still need to like, um, I mean, kind of convince people to watch your stream, you know, right. uh, by being yourself and everything. Um, so, yeah, the overlay is really nice, but it doesn't really like make your stream grow by um, like crazy, you know? Do you, this may be a difficult question for me to ask and maybe for you to answer, but do you feel like implicitly or otherwise that you're like in competition with other chess streamers, even people that you do collaborations with? Uh, in a way, I do, because like for the longest time, I always felt like, OK, I'm not really getting opportunities that I would want to have, like commentary stuff. You know, I, for the longest time, I wasn't really getting those opportunities and seeing others get those or like seeing others get certain collapse. It makes you feel a certain way um, and it's not really like a great feeling, but obviously, like whatever the other chess streamers get i really support them i'm really happy for their successes and i think eventually like if you keep going like i mean e e either like things will go really wrong or like you'll get there and i think the grind is just important and the fact that i've gotten so far already like uh, within two years um i i cannot complain at all 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think it also helps for me that I'm not really like hoping to, uh, I'm really trying to make a living out of this. Like I'm not trying every single day, like, okay, um, I need to earn money. How do I do this? Like, I'm not in that mindset whatsoever. So I think that helps me a lot as well to just do my thing and uh, focus on that. And uh, yeah, things will come by itself, I believe. I, I completely agree. I think, you know, I think you, you definitely have the right mindset in that sense. I mean, I guess what I'm wondering now is like, what is your next goal in terms of Twitch? Do you have a follower goal? Do you have a like a sub goal that you're tr kind of trying to work towards? And, and, you know, it's been a recurring theme of this episode, just kind of like about the grind and, and trying to like kind of figure everything out as you go. But I mean, uh, where where is your channel going next? Um, I really hope like for 2022, I made this list of goals, uh, that I have. And, um, when 2022 is over, I'll, uh, look back to it. Like, did I reach those goals? Did I even get close to that and everything? Uh, but for now, like, I feel like, um, crossing 1000 subs would be amazing. I'm really far from that. So like, it's a really big goal, honestly, and I cannot expect it to happen, but it's one of my biggest goals because that's like a really nice number, uh, to, uh, cross um yeah i mean 1000 subs you can basically make a living from too right yeah yeah for sure and i think the hardest part is like ideally you would want to have like a decent part of that like uh paid subs like you know that are like i don't know like let's say like at least 500 people actually subbing themselves um because like gifted subs you cannot rely on them uh it might be a one-time thing um and as much as i appreciate people gifting subs it always makes me feel bad in a way like um I'd rather not have my community spend money, you know, on me. <laughs> like money is not my priority thing. So um, yeah, that, that's basically the thing. Um, and like, if you reach 1000 subs, like with a decent amount of people subbing themselves, it also means like basically your stream is growing. Uh, but obviously like it's such a long road to that. And um, yeah, it, it's a goal that I have in terms of followers. Um, it will be amazing to cross 50,000 followers on Twitch, but I mean, that's literally double, more than double uh, my current size. And as I've been working so hard to get to where I am right now, it's kind of a stretch in a way, but I guess it's good to have high goals, you know? <laughs> well, 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 first of all, 64 Chess Podcast has t hundreds of thousands of followers around the world. So we're going <laughs> to get everybody. Don't forget to follow twitch.tv slash Anamaya right now if you're listening to this. <laughs> Thank follower, you. 64 chess podcast army my million listeners around the world you know come on let's let's flood anamaya <laughs> <laughs> oh that's really sweet thank you so yeah. much so you're gonna be the second biggest uh you know because actually all of hikaru's followers on it's all me it's all every one of his followers on twitch all 1.4 million or they actually they just listen to my podcast and they moved to him because i told them to so, <laughs> so you're gonna oh, get I see, ready i see you're about to be the second biggest um, chess streamer on Twitch. Uh, uh, so okay, cool, cool. Do you think you can handle the the pressure of this, such a large platform? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I, I fully know what I summed up for. <laughs> now, I want to ask you a question about OTB chess, because, of course, like, like you said, you've been playing two years of, of Blitz, basically. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of Blitz, a lot of, you know... Do you feel like your OTB chess has gotten better? Oh, I, like, I actually wondered that for the longest time, like, did I actually improve? I feel like I improved in a few ways, but I also like uh, went like a little little step back in when it comes to other things. Like when you play a lot of online chess, you really play a lot with your intuition and not really like, okay, let's think about the situation. And like you really, in OTB chess, you really try to play accurately. And in online chess, you don't really focus on as much uh, as usual on that. And also like, 
um, you don't really have the time for it. <laughs> so the playstyle is just very different uh, in online chess. And because I was swindling so much in my online games, like I would be lost from uh, the opening onwards. Uh, but I would manage to come back because like some crazy things happen. In OTP chess, they are very unforgiving if that happens, you know? You are in a worse position and you must be very lucky if you get out from there. Um, so I was always really scared that uh, online chess would, you know, uh, hurt my OTP skills. But uh, since I played the European Women's Chess Championship and I had quite a good result, uh, I actually forgot to mention that I also played a Dutch Women's Chess Championship OTP um, a little bit after that. Um, when was this? Also in 2021? Yeah, yeah. And that one, that one was held OTB. Uh, there was none in 2020, uh, actually. So it was nice to be back again uh, in Dutch Women's Chess Championship OTB. But um, yeah, I, I feel like I did fairly well. I mean, I've been gaining rating points a little bit. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think it's going well. I mean, we're really far away from like where I want to be. Like I'm currently 2138, I believe. So it's quite a long road till 2300. But uh, seeing my current like my past results uh in, in like in my previous tournaments i feel like i can do it and uh yeah i think um i i think i got better in a way you know in otb right. chess in a way uh but there is like still a lot of work i need to do i think at the very least it's good content the road to 2300 at the very least right? for sure for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> last thing i want to ask you um last section so every time i have like uh like a female chess player on my podcast i always kind of want to hear their thoughts on this because there's a whole range of opinions but i think you know i you're the first uh woman i've had on the podcast uh in 2022 and um fide mm -hmm. has announced that this is the year for women in chess uh so um you know if somebody from fide was listening to this what, what like a uh, executive of fide maybe emil sutoski or whatever like uh, obviously it's a big question i'm not expecting you to you know if, if you don't want to talk about this it's fine um <laughs> but um what's one thing that you think the chess world could do better in terms of like uh its treatment uh or maybe it's um you know it, the way it uh treats like women in chess i guess it's a bit hard a topic like right. um I know, I know it's yeah. a very, you know, it's, I mean, it's very I don't mind talking about it. It's just that, like, people keep asking me, what can we do to get more women into chess? Because we want to, like, minimalize this gender gap. Um, um, we want to have, like, closer to 50-50%, you know, like that uh, there's as many women playing as men in chess. But it's really hard to make that happen. Um, I feel like... I mean, I, I'm not sure what Fide is planning to do with the um, making this the year of women in chess, but um, there is only so much you can do. And I think it's already the, the right step, uh, the step in the right direction, you know, to do something like this and like organize tournaments for women only, get more women into chess. Uh, and I think people underestimate the power of these women only tournaments because it makes people like it makes the women, uh, you know, feel safe and like. Um, I mean, safe, I mean, it's not like it's dangerous to play an open section, but you know, it's like, um, like a familiar situation, you know, like, oh, you're also like, I think that what people don't see is that as I was growing up as a, a women chess player, you know, um, it was really hard to play in tournaments because like, I mean, obviously the majority of the players was, uh, was men. And like, when you want to go uh, around like the world and like play in tournaments, you kind of want want to like hang out with other girls and like 
travel around with them, uh, be at the same tournament. But it was always really hard to find a group of people to play with, um, uh, to travel around with, you know? So that's kind of what stopped me from playing in many tournaments because like I was just with my parents and uh, it's quite expensive to travel around uh, with my right. parents. Um, and yeah, it was always really hard to grow up as a chess player, uh, as a woman chess player, because there were so few girls playing actually. Um, so yeah, I think like, first of all, uh, what, like, what helps is just to like, at the start of like, um, like stimulating girls to play chess that, um, it's not weird. Like I've, I've always been like, looked at it in a weird way, like chess, she's playing chess. Like, um, it actually started like the first day I was playing chess, you know, the very first day, my mom was already like chess, like in Georgia back then, at least, um, old men were playing chess on the streets. So like... The stereotype is all, only old men play chess, you know, at least for her. Obviously, she knew about Nona um, Gaprinashvili and uh, all of those the top Georgian uh, women players. But still, like, you see, you know, the old men on, playing on the streets. She didn't really want me to play chess whatsoever because, well, she's a girl. She needs to be singing and everything, like, do girly things, you know? <laughs> um, so I think, like, normalizing... Uh, I mean, obviously, my uh, my mom was... Uh, at some point, she realized, you know, it's perfectly fine, everything. Uh, it's just how things started. But, um, yeah, I think just normalizing the fact that, uh, you know, girls can play chess. Girls, um, it's perfectly fine for them to play chess. And... Um, yeah, there's only so much you can do once again. Right. Uh, but yeah, really like trying to uh, stimulate girls to play chess. And I think it starts from there because the amount of girls I've seen that were super strong but dropped out, the rate is quite high from that. Um, and that also shows like uh, over the years, like I've seen so many girls drop out. And like right now I'm like, imagine if this girl was still playing, like she could have been the next, who knows, you know, the next grandmaster, the next this, that. Um, and it's so sad to see them go. Um, but yeah, I, I think like uh, women only events support them a lot. People really talk about a lot about the women uh, titles uh, being uh, not necessary and everything. But I think it's just like putting more focus on the fact that we there's a problem and we need to fix that. And this is one of the ways. And I think it's great. Like, honestly, me, myself, I never bothered. I, I was never bothered by the fact there were women titles, you know? Um, as I joined Twitch, I first this, it was the first time that people were like, "Ah, oh, there's women only events, there's women titles." Like, I never perceived it as a strange thing. I always perceived it as something good and as something that encourages me even more to play chess. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I'm not sure what Fide Chess has planned, but I really uh, have a lot of faith in them. They really want to help uh, women as well in chess. Um, what I also would like to note is um, in the past year, um, in 2021, I joined uh, the Chess Queens. Uh, in the Netherlands, we have this foundation called the Chess Queens, and we support women's chess. We started, they started basically um, doing this in the Netherlands uh, to get more girls playing in uh, chess and everything. Um, I wasn't really like invested, uh, like, you know, helping them as much because I was still like studying and everything. I didn't really have time. But as I was streaming, I was like, I think this is the best time to join them and, uh, you know, support them and see where I can help them with. And then I joined them uh, last year and we've been able to do so many things already, so many projects. And it like we like we get the feedback from the girls in the Netherlands. Like it, it's really amazing. Uh, we organize really nice projects and 
yeah, it, it, it keeps the girls playing, it keeps the girls being motivated to play chess, and we're really proud of that. And yeah, not right now with my stream, I also try to bring this attention internationally because back then we were they were only focused on uh, the Netherlands, you know. Uh, but with my stream, we hopefully can access, um, you know, the entire world and maybe organize projects internationally. Yeah, no, I think I think so much great stuff in there, Anamaya. Um, something you said when you talked about the dropouts, I immediately remembered. I think it was like two weeks ago that um, Anna Kramling had this. She talked on Twitter about about the story she had about when she was a young girl and and basically got harassed by some organizer. Mm -hmm. And you looked in, in in the replies to her tweet, and there were so many stories like that from like mm -hmm. young, like even chess players who would like quit a long time ago, like saying, "Oh yeah, this the same thing happened to me." And uh, I, I definitely think that, in, in my opinion, that's something that, that the whole entire chess world needs to do better is just making sure that when there are young girls at a tournament that they feel welcome. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I think what you said is also this is something I, I kind of wanted to ask you, like, when you're even when you're playing OTB recently in Poland, like, do you have any like at this point, do you have a couple of friends that you see these tournaments is like, hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, I, I think that kind of stuff is is important. I mean, I'm not a top chess player by any means. But I imagine that every every top chess player has got to have a couple of, of pals that they play chess with that you know that they've seen from you know young age until mm -hmm. until today. I mean that's it's it's a very small world. It's not like you know uh, a lot of these other sports where it's so many people like like soccer, let's say, where you know the people you meet at the very top are not usually going to be the people you've been playing with since you were young. So I mm -hmm. think it's um, de definitely a lot of very good points there. Yeah, yeah, it's actually surprising, like, you, you would expect someone like uh, Magnus or like MVL, like all those top players to be a bit more uh, reserved, you know, like they're the top players, they're like celebrities, you know, um, but during the tournament, like, I was really like getting the feeling like these are just normal people, they are just like, we're all in the chess community, we're all chess players, and we really like want the best for each other, and like, um, we're like almost like a really tight community and um like i remember on the last day um i i stayed there for new year's eve because i didn't want to go home yet um i mean going home on new year's eve i didn't know if that was the greatest idea right <laughs> so i stayed there and we celebrated new year's eve actually with a bunch of people including mvl so it's really nice to see like how um casual he is you know like um he's not acting like he's a slap whatsoever he's just a normal person like anyone else and um yeah, it's really amazing how uh how nice chess players are you know because and he was the uh, world blitz champion at that i point. know yeah like the day before he was the champion and the day the day later he's just you're just hanging out with him <laughs> yes, and he's cool. the most normal person ever so um well yeah, definitely... now he has pink hair True. And it's a serve. I'm not gonna lie. It looks looks really sick. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It looks really good on there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, basically, I, I I hung out. I was hanging out with uh, a few friends there. Um. Uh. There were a few from the Netherlands as well. Uh. So it was great catching up. You know. Definitely. That's um. Uh, that's also the thing that I find so paradoxical about about streaming. And I have talked about this recently on the podcast that you'll have like um, even a guy like Ikaru, right, with a huge platform. But then when he goes back to these OTB chess things, I mean, he's still just like some dude to all these people. And meanwhile, like to all, you know, the XQC fans that hopped and became chess, you know, he's like this like insane, like 2000 IQ, like, uh, <laughs> like insane, like tactician. But then, you know, he, he chess is still a really small world. I found that from like on the podcast. I mean, the fact that I can just DM most streamers and get a response like, uh, 
no, I'm not coming on your podcast or yes, I'd love to come on your podcast. Mostly no's for now, but that'll change. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is still, I mean, the fact that I can even do that, you know, if I was like some League of Legends podcast or something, that's not happening. Like you or some football podcast, you're not getting any person at the top level. But chess, you know, despite so many people playing it around the world, like at least at the at the most prominent level, it really is a small world, very accessible. So I yeah, think that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I mean, ever since I started streaming, I don't feel like I've changed as much as in like that I have become a person that, you know, um, I mean, that I don't care about these kind of things or anything. Like, I'm just me. I'm the, like, I'm the same person as I was before I started streaming. I mean, I have changed in the way that I'm like a bit more confident, you know, but it doesn't mean that I uh, feel like entitled to like say like I mean saying no is good sometimes you know but right. it doesn't make me feel like oh no why should I join this like or like thinking that's a waste of time hell no um I still feel like the same person uh which is why like I mean people look up to me and I'm like I'm just I'm just a normal person I, I I'm really not that special <laughs> so yeah every single day it surprises me honestly but um yeah, no, I, I'm really happy to be here for sure. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about chess. And this is a question that I've kind of been asking everyone that has ever been on the podcast. Um, mm -hmm. So I just want to talk a little bit, you know, um, I don't really know what you play OTV or, or what you're looking at recently. But I'm wondering, like, what is it? What's your favorite opening in chess? My favorite opening? Um, I love to play uh, E4 with the white pieces. Um, funnily enough, like I really like playing against the Sicilian, but then I look at my recent results and I'm like, hmm, maybe you should change that thought. <laughs> <laughs> because I've been losing a lot of games in a row against the Sicilian. But either way, like I like to have open positions. Now that's why I like playing against the Sicilian, um, really like attacking uh, situations and stuff. Uh, with the black pieces, I love playing the French. Uh, one of the most uh, controversial openings after the London system. <laughs> Yeah, I always got flamed for my light squared bishop. Uh, it's becoming a thing on my channel now. Like I even made like an emote that uh, pictures uh, light squared bishop that is uh, like uh, boxed, basically not able to move whatsoever. Um, so yeah, like for some reason with black pieces, my light squared bishop is always suffering. But in the end, it will come back to life and uh, will manage to win the game, you know? Exactly, exactly. That's <laughs> the, always the beauty about the French. Like, once you can free that thing, you win the game, always. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it's poetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and Amaya, where can, where can my listeners find you in terms of social media? Um, first of all, so, you of course, twitch.tv slash Anamaya. Um, yes. Link is in the description, of course. Um, but, you know, where else can your, your new fans come and find you? Yeah, I'm also I really active on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is am Kazarian. Um, I'm also active on Instagram. Uh, same name, I'm Kazarian. Um, I also recently started TikTok, but honestly, that's just super hard to like do like make any content on that right. platform. Um, but yeah, I, I opened the account and we'll see where things go. Maybe I'll put more content on there, uh, but same thing there as well. And I also have a YouTube channel. Um, don't really have that much content on there. I have a little bit, but, um, I'm hoping to put more content on YouTube as well. Um, so yeah, you can just find my YouTube with my, uh, full name. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, this was, this was a pleasure. I'm really, really grateful for you coming on the show. Um, Love to hearing your thoughts about streaming, OTB chess, etc. Um, hope we do it again. Uh, it's a lot of fun. 
For um, sure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed no, this as well. And uh, yeah, thanks to my listeners, as always, for listening to 64 Chess Podcast. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. Follow me on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you like what you listen and you want to support the podcast financially, check out our Patreon, uh, 64 Podcast on Patreon. The link is in the description below. And of course, as always, I want to thank my sponsor, Aim Chess, uh, for sponsoring the podcast. You can use code DAVID30 to get 30% off your first month with Aim Chess. Um, that's all I've got for this week, but I'll see you guys next week, and uh, we, we keep rolling. So, Anamaya, we'll talk again, and uh, thanks, everyone, sure. for listening. Thank you so much.